dangerously close. My guest today is Thomas Schrack. Tom Schrack is a screenwriter, movie producer, old skateboarder, and fairly new dad living in Washington, D.C. He's repped for his writing by Citizen Skull Management and has a movie that he produced, A Gettysburg Haunting. Hopefully coming out next year. What's up, Tom? Doug, how are you? Thanks for having me. Hey, this is not even a question I wrote. What's a Gettysburg Haunting? A Gettysburg Haunting is, <laughs> that's quick, uh, a ghost <laughs> story written and directed by Gabe Braxton. Um, it's about uh, kind of this homeless guy traveling across the U.S. to get back to his uh, sick grandmother and has this talent to talk to the dead. And along the way, he picks up an odd job uh, to talk to the dead for somebody and then uh, along, pretty much loses his powers. And then they figure out that the only way to get them back is to head to Gettysburg, where the highest concentration of death happened um, on the U.S. soil. Gabe kind of brands it as a, a travel horror, and we filmed it back in uh, September, three weeks out in West Virginia. So we're in post-production now. Uh, I have two things to say. One, that sounds awesome, and I will absolutely watch that movie. <laughs> two, you are excellent at elevator pitches. <laughs> so that was, I mean, I can't. I can't do like if you ask me, hey, what is this podcast that I'm on right now that you're currently <laughs> doing? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, let's look at my microphone, <laughs> headphones. Yeah, thanks. Uh, <laughs> oh, a lot of that to, to roadmap writers. They uh, kind of put me in the zone for that. And then um, I was not, I don't pitch a Gettysburg haunting usually. So <laughs> that was, uh, that was good. I actually was in at the Austin Film Festival a couple months ago and I was on the elevator and this woman looks at me and she was excited and she's like, oh, are you a movie producer? And I was like, no, I'm actually here as a writer, as a writing conference. And then like another four goes by and I was like, oh, but actually I just produced a movie. We just filmed it in West Virginia. And she got all excited <laughs> getting out the elevator. She's like held the door. She's like, what's it called? I want to see it. So I pitched her basically in an elevator, pitched her like 30 seconds. And she's like, I'm going to keep my eye out for that. That's like, fantastic, man. You actually <laughs> did a pitch in an elevator. <laughs> and made a new fan. You know, I think I'm going to just start hanging out in elevators and just <laughs> see how many like ideas I can get across and how many floors it takes. You know, <laughs> just be like, uh, <laughs> do you guys want to hear my idea for a rap song? And then, you know, <laughs> like, you know, hang out like in a building that only has like three stories and see how much I can do. <laughs> Actually, yeah. the, pedi the pediatrician I go to, that's, that's a great elevator for me to do that in. That's uh, the only way to learn. Yeah. When I'll be holding a baby. So they'll be like, oh, I got, this guy can't be a psycho. <laughs> all right tom let's get into some serious brass tacks let's let's uh let's go down the creative road uh i was wondering let's go into the land of hypothetical reality let's say that i was able to offer you 50 million dollars as a budget to create a film but not only was I able to do that um you know what a lot of money gets spent on is you know or what you know what it is is having the ip to something but what if you could have the ip to two separate franchises any franchises that have ever existed and you can combine them so you can mash them up you know it could be ninja turtles and fucking jurassic park it could be anything what would you do with that money and that ip combining them huh my my, my go-to that i had a couple ideas both were topical both are in the news I, my head goes right to grand theft auto i don't know how you couldn't have fun writing a movie with no restrictions yeah <laughs> <laughs> helicopters crashing fastest carts it's pretty much fast and the furious 
Mission Impossible, everything jammed into one. Every mob movie jammed into one. Um, and I just feel like there's a lot of stories there. You have the built-in audience. That's the whole reason for IP, right? You want that yeah. audience. Um, yeah. So I can't believe that hasn't been done. I cannot believe there's not a Grand Theft Auto movie. Now that they're you mention it. Yeah, they're probably just waiting. They're probably like, we are. they can't count their money fast enough. So they're trying yeah. to <laughs> slow it down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's like when, uh, when Pablo Escobar, like when like the... Like, like they had to just start burying money because they're like, we can't, we have no place else to fucking put this. So just <laughs> bury it. Yeah, they they need more, they need more accountants. So I'm an accountant professionally, so I could help them with that too. Help them count their money. Um, I actually believe that might have been a plot point in Bad Boys 2 that uh, the mobster in that, the rats started eating his money because they couldn't like <laughs> move the cash out fast enough. That sounds vaguely familiar. I believe that was in Bad Boys 2. <laughs> I'm a... <laughs> all right, man. Well, you wouldn't mash that up with anything. Well, all right, all right. That is that is a fantastic idea, and I love that. Let's just say though, like, uh, now gun to your head, you have to mash together two IPs. Oh boy, mash together two IPs. It probably involve. We're gonna need the predator in there somewhere. Um, you can put predator in so many things and make it better. <sighs> My mind goes to Jurassic Park, but I don't. Even, I don't know if that's fun. Is that fun? Um, sure the, pre the predator probably just wants to kill humans though he's probably boys with the dinosaurs he'd probably team up with them i don't you know i wonder how old the predator species is supposed to be because i wonder if it could be something like this like you know predator definitely used to hunt people back in like the civil war that's we learned that in the first movie or we learned that in the second movie when he gives danny glover the uh the uh civil war pistol as a trophy yeah but have maybe predators have been hunting on earth ever since that wouldn't make that much sense. Well, they Maybe. Had, uh, well, in Prey, which was my favorite movie probably in the last two years. Uh, did you see that one? It was a, it was a Hulu. I loved Prey. So that's yeah. the one where Predator is back. That's like in, these, in the 1800s, maybe 1700s. It's hard yeah, to... Yeah, when they're, the French are just uh, canvassing um, the United States. So yeah. pretty early on in our... After our intrusion. Yeah, so yeah, that would actually... I was actually probably wrong. It probably is more like of a 1700s type era. Well, I mean, there could have been one back in the dinosaurs time too. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, what I how I believe about like evolution is that if Predator had been hunting on Earth in the like Jurassic period, wouldn't they have by now evolved into beings of pure light? Well, they, they keep getting <laughs> shot out. They keep getting sent out from their, their home planet. So they, they don't yeah. learn. Or it's because they fucking suck. Like, you know, like the only thing they like to do is hunt. So they just never evolve. Like they've got, <laughs> you know, their text never really gets that much better because they have the thing is the movies like the uh, since the what you know my favorite Predator is the original with Arnold Schwarzenegger and you know just for me that's the best one the you know the special effects have gotten better but Predators you know tech doesn't get any better it's You're still right. real kind of lame it's the same tech <laughs> it's hundreds of years later it's the same tech all right I mean let me let evolve. me think what would be where would Predator go that would just be so fucking awesome. Maybe a bunch uh, of people that, that have to die. Secession. Uh, let, let Predator ooh, loose. Yeah. Let oh, Predator loose on Wall Street. Predator in <laughs> Succession would be fucking awesome. Because, you know, that's like, uh, that's the Murdoch family, man. Yeah. The whole time you want people to die. And like, oh, wait, now there's this alien being just wiping them all out. <laughs> were, you, were you aware that uh, the Murdoch family, so a lot of that show is from leaks of people that know the Murdoch family very well. And so a lot of that shit is straight from their lives. And there was a whole like series of NDAs that uh, the Murdoch family started having like go out to people 
because they're like, how how the fuck does this HBO show know like our business? Like that time I killed a waiter, you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that was the one I heard about that whole story. That's crazy. All right. Like I said in the beginning, you're a skateboard dad. I'm a skateboard dad. Let's talk some skateboard shit, man. And <laughs> but let's keep it in the movies realm for a moment. Out of all the movies that are supposed to represent skateboarding, which there are a lot of at this point, uh, which ones do you think did it best? You can name uh, more than one. For me, mid '90s was maybe. I mean, that one doesn't get too technical, right? But that one that, that doesn't have a big uh, finale or big skate competition, but it has that kind of grunge hangout growing up on the outskirts of society and this kid just wants to he ha, he's getting the shit beat out of him by his brother and he just wants to fit in with these other kids who are also a bad influence um and really gave a good kind of pov into what it was like kind of free smartphones and going to hang out with these kids on the streets and your parents don't know where you are uh pretty reminiscent of of kids as well um much older but that was you could call that a skateboard hangout movie too um plenty of skateboarding and kids and that one that one really had no parents at least mid-90s had a had a mother involved there <laughs> i'm i'm sad to say i've never seen mid-90s i've i have heard uh people say what you just said that it really really hits the nail on the head if you live if you lived in the 90s and you skateboarded as i did and i assume you did yeah. as well and yeah. uh previously to me i would say the movie kids although there is very little skateboarding in it they you know they skateboard in washington square park for a minute or two there's a couple scenes where Harold Hunter is just kind of ollieing up on a curb, <laughs> you know, but you're supposed to just know that everyone in the movie is a skateboarder. <laughs> and I feel like you know, that was actually, that was written by, by Harmony Corinne here in Nashville. And it was written about the the park that I grew up in, uh, but he's a little bit older. So it's about the kids that were a little bit older than me. So mm-hmm. yeah, he was, uh, he was in mid nineties as well, just as like a nod to kids. Oh, Harmony Corinne was, Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah he was, um, I actually saw that earlier when I was just, looking something up but he was um he popped in just for like a cameo just because jonah hill kind of respected uh what he did years earlier and then this jonah hill wrote and directed this one um it's not like a biography but it was it's a trying to capture the essence of him growing up like he was not super athletic he wanted to kind of fit in through skateboarding and yeah um it's always been to me a very welcoming community so it's it's good to see hitting the film very surprised I've never met him, man, because uh, he's cast a lot of my friends in his movies. Uh, a lot of people I know know him. We went to the <laughs> same we went to the same high school. He had graduated before I ever started there. But you know what I mean? It's like all these connections. And yet I've never and I know he uh, hangs around at the park where my you know, some of some of my other friends like take their kids and they say he's there a lot. And I'm like, how the fuck have I never met this guy, man? It's this John, Jonah Hill. Uh, Harmony. Oh, oh Harmony. Okay, yeah. No, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've never met Jonah Hill. <laughs> I was like, wait, where, where is this connection with Jonah Hill? He's out surfing in California. <laughs> is he a surfer now? Good for him, man. Uh, yeah, he got into surfing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I know he got like real jujitsu up for a minute, but surfing's a lot fucking cooler, in my opinion. All right, man. <laughs> Favorite skateboarder of all time. This is tough because I have, and, and we're not, we haven't got to this yet, but I have, I took about a 15 year break from skateboarding. So I skateboarded from when I was, uh, probably 13, 12, 13 until I was maybe probably 18 seriously. And then Mm -hmm. continued to not really that much through college. And then I picked it up again four or five years ago. And when I picked it up again, some of the same names were still around social media now existed. 
I was trying to figure out who was who. Um, but growing up, I mean, I liked all the the main guys, but I really liked this guy, uh, Josh Kalis, because Alien Workshop was my favorite uh, deck brand. And then, I mean, he's still around. He's actually he's actually rebuilding, not rebuilding, but he's using pieces of Love Park where he used to skateboard in Philadelphia, actual concrete pieces, and he's putting them in a skate park, I think, in Michigan. So he's making an indoor plaza or something. Oh, that's um, awesome. Hell yeah. He's, yeah, he's still around. He still has like the photosynthesis was my favorite video. Uh, I just watched his part in that the other day. Um, but I mean, he's, he's older now. Uh, it's hard to, it's hard to stay as competitive when you get older. Um, but he's still, he's still pretty damn good on a skateboard. And then I would, yeah, I would, <laughs> I would agree with you, Josh Kalis, uh, the entire, th that, that era, everyone in Philadelphia at that time, it was like, it was kind of an interesting thing. Cause you know, it was like, there was California, there was kind of New York, but really not that much. And then there was just Philadelphia, just like. <laughs> like standalone, you know, producing Bam Margera, Carrie Getz, Mike Maldonado. I mean, you could yeah. just go on and on and on. Like uh, the whole to toy machine. Stevie like, Williams. Yeah, Steve it's Stevie Williams. It was, and I guess maybe it's because Love Park was there. I don't know why, but yeah, uh, it's definitely Love Park. And then there was a there was kind of a pathway. And I didn't grow up in D.C. I grew up in New York, but a bunch of the guys here, um, I know most of them over at Freedom Plaza, and they. Stevie used to come down here and skate with them down here and they'd kind of go back and forth. Um, and then actually, and Stevie Williams had a documentary not too long ago. Uh, I think it was ESPN even. And he like called out the DC skaters because they helped him get to California. He like ran away from home and we had to get across country and pop down here and uh, hooked up with the DC skateboarders to get to California. It's pretty crazy. And I've see, I've gone through like so many, like I always base you know, my favorite skateboard is always based on style. So I think the, the first skateboarder I really fell in love with was like Matt Pales. I don't know if you recall him. I think no. he have, he's a Sacramento skater, super loose trucks, uh, <laughs> white guy with dreadlocks type of vibe, you know, but, you know, also kick flipping over like 12 star handrails and shit. He was fucking dope. <laughs> uh, but then very quickly as I became more just kind of like into hip hop, like, you know, the older, older I got, the more like that was kind of the only music I was listening to. I got way more into uh, Peter Smolik. I have a question for you though why is there no skateboarding in nashville because i do come down there multiple times a year and it's <laughs> a huge skateboarding scene down here it's just uh every just time no, I, there's no I parks grew, yeah par well, parks because i try i'm old now I try oh this uh this city contained. is this city is crooked is fucking <laughs> shit the politicians are all on the fucking take everything everything here is selling to developers not taxing them, turning everything into McMansions. You know, yeah. there's the old Nashville is, you know, that was a place, you know, that was like a, it was like a real city with a real vibe. It was a kind of like a small town with a big city vibe. And so, yeah, it, in answer to your question, the city does not give a fuck about it, you know, any kind <laughs> of public work, you know, funding the schools or fucking building skate parks or yeah, making some... the roads safe. <laughs> I went to some skate shop there just to, just to check it out and it was uh the skate shop itself was the size of a closet it was just like a counter with some boards above it and like shoes on the wall it was attached to a toy store and hmm. i was like oh all right this is not really a skate shop and then in front of it there was basically just a concrete you could almost call it two parking blocks <laughs> with concrete curved up to it so it, it has the shape of like two mini ramps 
<laughs> it was such a sad attempt. And I was like, this is the only like skatable thing I've seen around here. Were you perhaps in East Nashville? I'm curious. Probably. I don't know. That, um, if, you, if it's a skate park, I'm thinking of it got yes. blown it got blown away by a tornado. So that <laughs> so even that's gone. Uh now we you know, most of the good shit here is uh DIY. So huh. if you want to if you come here and you want to skate, just hit me up and I will take you places to skate. They're not going to be found on maps. That's perfect. We know that's what we I just, need. <laughs> rub, we get uh, rub bricks and wax and turn shit into spots. Or you know, a lot of people just a lot of people around here they just get concrete and they go make things. <laughs> and I just what I do is I just throw a bunch of shit in the back of my truck. You know, I I'll yeah. just throw a fun box and a you know flat bar, and I'm like, everywhere is my skate park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I try and uh, uh, I try and get out, stay out of the streets just for. Just to add another element of not dying. Yeah, but oh man, if you if you really want to if you want to skate, one of the coolest places been. It's called Legislative Plaza. It is illegal. I have been arrested there, but uh, here they, they don't arrest you as much these days, and then they just kind of kick you out. Uh, but you know, you back in the day, you could you could easily actually just get handcuffed um, for skateboarding there. It was the first place I ever skated with pro skateboarders in my life. I was like fourteen or fifteen. And Stacy Lowry, Steve Young, uh, Joey Pulsifer, all these dudes had, they were on a tour. And me and some homies were like, do you want to see the best skate spot in Nashville? Okay. And they got there and they're like, this is, they were like, this is the best skate spot we've seen in America. So in answer to your question, there are places to skate. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right, man. Are you ready to take a crazy fucking left turn and do some insane shit? Yes. Did you read you, this thing? Uh, your script? Yeah. Uh yeah, I've I've read it. I'm we do have to probably need to discuss how we want to do this. So <laughs> just to explain to the listeners what we're doing, we are reading just a small excerpt from Tom's script Animal Rights. And then we're gonna send it over to co-producer Bill because he can turn that magic. And we're gonna have like a little uh little radio drama. Uh <laughs> hold on, let me get it up so I can have so I guess we need to pick who who is who and who's the narrator. That's up to it's. I, I can narrate pretty good. So if you want me to, I can do the whole like the scene, uh, uh, opening scene, or, yeah. or you could. Or it's, it's your script, man. I mean, let's shit, do. Let's do. To... Uh, uh, you can narrate. Uh, I'll do Kyle. I think Kyle is the. So um, I have to be the girl. Okay. Yes. Be the girl. <laughs> and then we probably shouldn't read for the monkey parts unless you want to make monkey noises. <laughs> All right, I'm All right. I'm narrator and I am Veronica. And yes. you're Kyle. All right, let's fucking let's do this. Everyone, <clears throat> we present to you Animal Rights, written by Tom Schrack. I should probably pitch it first now. Yeah, pitch this <laughs> fucking thing, man. <laughs> so this, this this is like a um a serial killer thriller where we have a uh, you don't know who the killer is, but the basically what they're doing is taking out anyone that abuses animals, regard almost regardless of how much of abuse it is, whether they're uh, drowning rats behind a restaurant or, um, in this case, uh, we there. This is basically a couple of apes getting revenge on scientists that were doing tests on them, and towards the end of the movie, uh, they end up in this kind of saw-style maze, and then this is just one of the rooms. That our main characters, who are not in this scene, happen to have a, a iPad view into what's going on. So they're waking up in this crazy warehouse. They don't know where they are, and they're about to see this video of something that's happening in in another room. 
I don't know how I feel about this, but I do really support animal rights. So I don't know. I might be on the side of the, of the, this, you know, it sounds like a kind of an anti-hero. <clears throat> Intro. Maze warehouse. A syringe rests on a metal table. A hand reaches for it, but it's welded there. The hand can't pry it off. Kyle, 40s, scientist-y, shushes his partner Veronica, 40s, both frazzled and groggy, both in scrubs. About 10 feet in front of them, two mature apes guard another metal table adorned with fully loaded syringes and mountains of dark green pills. The apes are muscular, terrifying, and oozing revenge. Come on, Lucio, it's time for your pills! Lucio the ape glances at the pills on the table. The other ape, Winston, reaches for a syringe. No, 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 no. Winston glares at Kyle. Winston, you don't like the needles, remember? It's time for pills, you two. Take the pills. Take the fucking pills. Kyle creeps forward, hand outstretched. Come on now, we treat you better than the night crew. Lucio grabs Kyle's hands, bites his pinky off. Kyle howls. Ah! Blood gushes. Kyle backpedals into Veronica, who shoves him aside. I told you they would get us back one day. What the fuck is wrong with you? It it ate my fucking finger. Lucio spits Kyle's finger at him. It bounces on the floor. Kyle and Veronica peer at the finger, then tilt up to see Lucio jab a needle into its own chest. <laughs> Lucio beats its chest jabs another needle into Winston. Winston. Winston rattles the table with adrenaline. Pills go flying. Kyle and Veronica back away. I fed you. He messed with you guys. They're fucking monkeys. The apes look at each other. It's go time. Winston and Lucio grab fistfuls of needles and chase. Veronica trips Kyle as bait to get away. Lucio leaps on Kyle and jabs a dozen needles into his heart. A couple erratic breaths, and Kyle's heart explodes. Veronica bangs at a locked door. She spots a video camera. Help me! Veronica spurts blood out of her neck as Winston shovels pills into the new head hole. She sinks to the floor, dead. And end scene. Wow, <laughs> I didn't know. You know, honestly, I I didn't I didn't mean to be. The, I shouldn't have been the narrator because I feel like I yeah I, I took over too good. much. I, I fucking suck. Do you want to send me another script real quick? Or just... there's, there's not a lot of urgency in Veronica. <laughs> All right, man. Like I said, you are a fantastic elevator pitcher. Let's go. We're in an elevator. We're going to the seventieth floor. Pitch five movies to me. Oh boy. Now, are we looking for? Things I've done, or we're looking for ideas, dumb ideas I've come up with. Uh, you know, you could go either way. I, uh, from following you on Twitter, I have, I've seen you just pitch ideas for absolutely, you know, that are clearly not things you're really pitching. But, <laughs> but I'll hear. Uh, I'm down for real pitches. Yeah. Well, let's do. So I have one script that's done done a lot of work for me. It's like a, a younger super bad of sorts. It's a, a well, they're all, they're mostly all features. This is called Maddie Light. Uh, after the famed beer, Natural Light, the best kind out there. So in a desperate attempt to impress his standoffish brother before he leaves for college, an impulsive high school freshman goes to epic lengths to secure a case of beer 
and show up for the final senior party of summer. It's kind of like the Kings of Summer meets super bad, but they're younger than super bad kids. I'll buy it. Oh, you're in? <laughs> yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I'll buy that for a dollar. Uh, all right, man, hit me. Oh, we're still going? We got, uh, we're, yeah. going to the, we're going to the 70th floor, man. You got to pitch five movies. <laughs> all right, so this one is uh, called Off Label. It's based off of my time. I was about a decade as a forensic uh, financial investigator, traveled the world in some of the more corrupt countries and um, run fraud investigations out there. So this script, based on that, when an overzealous FBI wannabe uncovers an off-label pharmaceutical scandal, he teams up with a by-the-book compliance analyst to foil a corrupt CEO's quest for global domination. Kind of the heat meets hot fuzz. Okay. I feel like I could fuck with that. Yeah. Um, well, I, I would have to say that heat is in my top five gangster movies of all time, as I've mm -hmm. actually covered recently on the Let podcast. me correct this. The Heat with Miss oh. Lewis McCarthy oh, and the, okay. Andrew Bullock. <laughs> Never. Mind. I, th I thought it was going to be a little bit. I, I thought you were like, uh, you're like, I'm throwing some grittiness into this. I'm throwing like, <laughs> like, like Robert De Niro, Al Pacino level grittiness, like with with mixed yeah. with hot fuzz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. The heat. Yeah, I saw that. That was great. Yeah, it's kind of just a uh, pretty similar vibe to that movie, actually. Uh, since we're talking skating a little bit, I'll hit you with sketching. This is. Uh, oh, I love the name. Love it. My um, single scene, single neighborhood escape movie of sorts out of Washington, D.C. So when this kid's ride to a skateboard competition bails on him, a penniless teen has 60 minutes to scratch together $300 for another ride or he's going to get stuck in the city he desperately wants to leave forever. This is like mid-90s. Kind of has that local feel meets dope. Um, I haven't seen dope. What is dope? Dope is kind of like um, a guy too smart for his neighborhood who all he wants to do is leave the neighborhood. And he kind of along the way gets caught up in drugs in these last couple days and uh, just has this wild adventure where he's trying to get out of town. He knows he wants to go to college. He wants to leave this neighborhood behind. But he, 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 he learns that he is fine staying there, but he's had this idea that he has to leave the whole time. I love it. Also, for anybody that, you know, people that don't skate, uh, important uh I guess like vocabulary word sketching is when you grab onto the back of a vehicle while you're on a skateboard and you use that vehicle to tow you yes to where you might want to go nice and dangerous uh, yeah, one of the uh one of the most incredible i guess for bombing hills skateboarders to ever live he died sketching surprisingly really I remember his name. yeah he was uh, he's from san francisco he was one of those guys that would bomb those like those hills and go through like, you know, 15 intersections going yeah. like 60 miles an hour. And he <laughs> died sketching uh, on a dump truck. Wow. Somehow, somehow didn't survive it. So it rest in peace to the man whose name I don't recall. Okay. Yeah. We're on the 50th floor, man. We can do two more pitches. All right. All right. So I got the one. So do you, do you happen to have like a hundred million dollars for me? Yes, I do. All right, cool. So I have this feature. It's animated feature. It's about um, a sheltered fiddler crab who's thrust out of his creek with his little sister into this global climate crisis where they have to team up with animals they've always feared to save their habitat and free their colony from a science-denying horseshoe crab mayor. I Bugs Life meets Finding Nemo here. Fucking love it. I love that. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we're thinking like kind of a Pixar style, or are we yeah. thinking like kind of more tra traditional animation? Yeah. Um, well, nobody's gonna make it, so 
<laughs> I we're thinking we're thinking we're thinking big though. We're thinking we're let's thinking think big, big, man. I I you know, first of all, the world needs it right now. Uh kids need to learn about this because you know, there's you know, growing up, they're gonna see a lot of climate refugees. So maybe get them started young with a adorable horseshoe crab. <laughs> yeah. And it's I mean, that's the marine. So I grew up in Long Island, so that's the marine life that I grew up loving. Fiddler crabs, horseshoe crabs, ospreys, they're all they're all in it. So I haven't really seen um, those animals, at least as lead characters in movies. So I have that authentic feel to it, hopefully. To take a somber note, I, uh, so I, I, you know, I live in a rapidly developing city where they're destroying every last bit of green space. And so you see more and more animals that you normally would have to go to the woods to see. You see them just kind of like yeah. walking, out, walking around looking for trash to eat. And I love foxes, I love coyotes and all that stuff. But now, like when I see them, I get sad because, you know, it doesn't seem like they're going to make it because they live in my neighborhood and this is not, <laughs> there's no fucking food here. You know, there's not, 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 not enough squirrels to keep all these foxes alive. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to say something depressing about climate change and nice. Yeah. <laughs> all right. We got five yeah. floors to go. Hit me with one last pitch. All right. So this is, uh, this is a recent one I wrote. This is called The Stink picture a quiet place but funny and you can't breathe out of your nose <laughs> so abandoned by her parents <laughs> abandoned by her parents for being a freeloader in a post-apocalyptic world a helpless 20-something woman must learn how to adult while surviving a dangerous threat that kills anyone that uses their nose to smell okay i'm gonna go ahead and say two things one i absolutely love it two i have thought before about this because of bird box and quiet place and I was like, all right, there's, we have other senses. And I was like, you know, I was like, well, what can they do in where like, you can't hear anything. And it's like, yeah, that's a, you know, but like, that's kind of like quiet place is already like a audio. And I was like, well, what if, they, what if they made a movie where you can't taste anything, but I love, you know, yeah. what, what makes the most sense and which is the most like, like versatile, you can really do it is living in a world where you can't smell. If you smell something, you, if you, if you smell anything, you die because the, evil whatever will kill you yeah, it's like a smoke monster like from the pretty much yeah. like the lost smoke monster but it's brown kind of like in bird box they never explain why you can't look at shit you just can't yeah they just like go insane right yeah if you yeah if you look at something you immediately like self-emoliate or something but they <laughs> at, the, at the end they get to like a a school for the blind where everyone is living in like kind of just at peace and happiness and paradise because they can't see anything and whatever is evil can't kill you if you can't see it looking back that movie they could have tried harder <laughs> <laughs> i think it was at the time it was it was the biggest movie netflix self uh released i think yeah i'm, I'm not gonna say i didn't enjoy it um i would say i did not enjoy uh machine gun kelly in it too much but i don't really <laughs> like when he does anything I don't even remember who that is in that movie, and he, I watched it within the last year or two. Oh, he he plays the shithead that runs off with their tr with their car. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, all right, man. This is uh, we're gonna get, go back to the uh, screenplay you've written. I know I'm not trying to like burn through all your material, but uh, th <laughs> this is uh, this is pick one of your favorite screenplays that you've already written. Uh. You've been given the ability to cast the entire film. It's up to you. The casting director is also you. Uh, money is <laughs> money is no object. You can afford any actor, no matter 
no matter who it is, as long as they're alive, how would you cast your screenplay? Uh, I mean, kind of explain it. Like, explain why, yeah. who gets what role. Uh, well, this is the most fun with Off Label, the one I mentioned with kind of the that fraud investigation, because that was the only script where I really did not restrict myself and just went as big as possible and wanted to write parts for big people, uh, mostly inspired by Dave Batista. So he's going to be our lead right, oh, right wow. off the bat. All right. Um, so he'll be that kind of overzealous FBI wannabe brute force guy in this like compliance job. So he has no business being there. All okay. he wants to do is crack skulls um, and ends up teaming up. I'm going to team him up with Melissa Fumero from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Oh, yeah, she's fantastic. Have, uh, Amy from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I think she would be excellent at my uh, by-the-book compliance analyst. And then we pretty much need a corrupt CEO. Uh, I'm going to go with Bill Hader just because I think he's he's got the chops for it. Yeah, he's fun. Um, he's fun, and he's really grown a lot. Yeah, a little more expensive now, uh, but we'll take him. Money doesn't matter. And then um, we got his crony, an, an older gentleman, and because this is my favorite actor, and I usually try and put. Something for this guy and a lot of them. We have Brian Cranston rounding us. Okay. Well. So, what what does Brian Cranston do in this? He's the uh, kind of the assistant to the CEO. So we have this young younger prick CEO who wants to take over the world, and then he has this older grouchy um, sidekick. So Cranston will have to be right with being a sidekick, but the parts for him. Yeah, man. This sounds fucking awesome, dude. I actually wish you were just describing something that is absolutely 100% getting made like right now. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right, man. Tom, I got something to tell you, dude. We are getting dangerously close to the lightning round. <laughs> now, let's tell you how the lightning round works. I don't write it. I have no idea what it says. Co-producer Colleen wrote this, and I ask you a series of questions, and you can't think, man. You just got a gut reaction answer off the top of your head. All right. Sound like a, sound like a plan, man? I'm in. Okay. <clears throat> uh, oh, it's funny. We're, we just did something about uh, this. <laughs> uh, which is the lamest endangered species? Oh, I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know what's endangered anymore. Um, Everything. Probably some jellyfish or something. I was going to say probably some kind of beetle. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> uh, this was actually, this is going to be a tough one. I th well, I think it's tough. You might think it's really easy. Uh, kill, fuck, Mary, fries, coleslaw, hush puppies. Kill, hush puppies because yeah, fuck I, they don't do much for me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fuck, I guess coleslaw because I don't know, sounds sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> marry, marry French fries. They smell good. They're always around. I agree with your selection entirely. Uh, kill us, puppies, fuck coleslaw, Mary French fries. Oh, another one. Kill, fuck, Mary. Easter, St. Patrick's Day, 4th of July. Hmm. Kill Easter. That's what it's all about anyway, right? Mm, true. Uh, Mary, 4th of July, because that's my jam from a beach town. And then, fuck st patrick's day because you get hammered and do that anyway right <laughs> I feel, yeah you're uh you seem to be very adept at the kill fuck mary um <laughs> <laughs> you know this is the question you know, this is uh 
for for listeners that have been around for a long, long time, I haven't. I used to put this question at the end of every single episode and every single lightning round. We haven't asked it in forever. Uh, what's the best mid-sized car on the market, man? Chevy Equinox. Chevy Equinox. I've never heard anyone say that. Is that mid-size? I don't know. I own one. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's, I don't know what one is. A mid-size car? I don't know what a mid-size car is. Well, I know what a mid-size car is. I don't know what a Chevy Equinox is. Uh, well, that's uh, my answer. So far, the, mo- the most common answers have been Toyota Corolla and Prius. So uh, you're you're really kind of like dark horse in it there with Chevy Equinox. So hell yeah, man. Go you. Hmm. Who was the sluttiest U.S. president? I'm going to go with Madison. Madison? He's James short, Madison. He's our shortest little president. He's got a got a nice flair to him. Probably yeah. got tossed around a little bit. All right. That was not what I was expecting because we've had so many like recent slutty presidents. But yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Fucking James Madison University. Celebrate the, <laughs> the sluttiness. Uh, what do we got here? Oh. Best and worst airport you've ever been to. So top this, and bottom. This, this I have a lot of context for. Um, I can give you more. Worst place to rent a car, LAX for sure. Best place you used to be able to rent a taxi before Uber, Cleveland for sure. What's the best though? The best is probably in Asia. I think Singapore for me was probably the best airport. Oh, really? Then, so it was uh, just like very uh, efficient and clean? It's just... The Asian airports are like museum clean, and like the architectures. Like the U.S. is just trash. Yeah. <laughs> um, so worst airport, I, I couldn't even tell you where because I traveled so much when I was doing fraud investigations. I think it was Dayton. I don't remember. It was like it looked like a car mechanic shop where you just like pull up. <laughs> is, it a, is it a very small airport? I mean, I it, guess Day- Dayton's not a huge. Yeah, city. you basically walk into what what looks like a. I, it might not be Dayton. It might be it might have been somewhere smaller. It looked like a car mechanic shop, and you walk in, you sit on like a couch, <laughs> and then when the plane's ready to go, you line up, and then you just walk out in the back of the car mechanic shop onto your plane. And it wasn't like small little Cessna. It were like real uh, American yeah. airline planes. <laughs> I've I've been to airports like that before. Where they, yeah, they've got you know commercial airliners, but the airport is the size of yeah, like a like a fucking pawn shop. Yeah. And then right. uh, De- Denver's pretty shitty too because that never you never leave Denver on time. I have to agree. I don't want to piss off anybody who's you know really really into the Denver airport, but uh, <laughs> man, that uh, I would say worst layover I've ever had. Denver, just yeah, like the... just on and on and on, and, and it was because it was like drizzling. They're like, oh, planes <laughs> can't planes can't take off and drizzle, and I was like, doesn't it like snowstorm here? Fucking <laughs> like. Six months out of the year? I guess one of the things I had heard when I would travel out that way was that when they built the airport, they built it at like the perfect vortex of where all of the weather from the mountains just collapses and just shits right particularly on where the airport is. (laughs) Well, you're also aware that there's like a, uh, it's like built on top of like a UFO fucking like uh, investigation. It's like, there's, do you, I mean, are you at all familiar with this, this theory shit about that? The Denver Radiation airport flying out of there or something. Yeah, like it, the devil built it. There's all kinds of things going on with it. Like <laughs> if you if you look at it, there's like all kinds of like uh, pentagrams and six six sixes and UFOs and aliens. I'm t- honestly, man, just Google, Google Denver airport conspiracy theory, and you will you'll have reading material that could last you for weeks, I'm long in. long enough to get through a layover at the Denver airport. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in. All right, man, and 
What do you want for Christmas? I already got it. What'd you get? PlayStation 5. Well, Merry Christmas to you. Uh, <laughs> I went Black I went Black Friday. It came with Spider-Man for free, so I had to buy it. Dope. Are you going to get the new uh, GTA? Yeah, but I guess I got to wait to 2025. What? They're wait 2020? Jesus, why do they even... F- they- you know what? <laughs> I'm done with that company. Tom, I got one last question for you, man. It's the most important question of the day, and that is where can people find you, follow you, uh, and ideally see a Gettysburg haunting and anything else you would like the people to know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, most active in the writing community on Twitter and filmmaking. That's at T Shrack at T S C H R A C K. And then Instagram's mostly skateboarding pictures, a uh, little bit of my son on there. Um, that is at Tom Shrack T O M S C H R A C K. Gettysburg Haunting, we don't have distribution yet, but um, hopefully we'll be able to see it um, sometime next year. Um, But I will definitely be updating on both of my uh, social media accounts for that one. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Thank you, Doug.